The kingdom of heaven is within. That means it's not anything that the world can give you. Since the beginning of time, humans have been trying to make the world into heaven. See, humans have this condition of guilt that made the world in the first place. (laughs) So it's only about undoing that guilty thought that makes the world seem meaningful to you in that way. Like you could make it into something good. It's like, you know, the thing is, we don't know what we want. The only way we ever know what we want is when we know we want what we got. (laughs) If you got it, you want it. Okay? You got what you want. But we don't know what we want even as far as what we think we want to manifest in the world. We don't know. And every one of those thoughts just leads to nothing. It's nothing. It's all coming. It's just unfolding. The life, the experience, the experience itself is for awakening. And the one that thinks they know what they want to experience, they're kidding themselves. I mean, it's okay. Like you get the, okay, I want ice cream, let's say. You know, I want ice cream. It's okay. It's not a burden as long as there's no strings attached to that thought. (laughs) You may get the ice cream and then go, oh, fuck, why did I eat that ice cream? But the thought of you needing to get a certain result in order to feel a certain way That's a distraction. It always seems like there will be some relief with something. Money is one that comes up like that. If you all of a sudden get a big chunk of money and you feel a sense of relief, remind yourself it's not the money that gave you the sense of relief. That's what's not true. It's not the money. You gave yourself the sense of relief. You made money meaningful like that. 
So don't take it as true that it's because of the big chunk of money in the account. Whatever relief that you allow for yourself in that moment can be allowed any moment. Even when you just got a big chunk unexpectedly taken out of your bank account. The healing comes either way. Either way, you are willing to look at it, willing to admit what's actually true, that you projected the whole thing. Okay? The perception doesn't make you feel a certain way. It's the other way around. And what the perception is giving you is an opportunity to demonstrate what's really true to yourself. When it becomes more and more clear to you that you are making yourself feel all the ways that you feel, <laughs> then you can have fun with anything. That you know, that's what that's what all of the sages and saints talk about. You could just be like water is one way of saying it. You know. Or you're on the middle path, another way of saying it is when you know that it's coming from you, it's not affecting you. <laughs> and, you know, here's another ego trick with that, okay? It's as if... Hold on, I'm having a deja vu. <laughs> oh, yeah, this happened before? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Saying the same thing. <laughs> and... And, and it was exactly like this. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Where was I? <laughs> when you know that what you're feeling is what you gave yourself, you're not putting the, uh, the responsibility onto something, okay? So one trick that the ego does is there's this question, why did I create this for myself? Forget that fucking question. Okay, that's an ego trick. It's one reason, one reason only, because it's necessary to awaken your mind in this moment. It's not for you to go looking for how you could prevent it from happening again or make it happen more by mind tricks. See? That's upholding the world. Such a good one, too. I mean, I get people asking me that all the time. It's like one ma major question, just like when I'm out and about. Why did I make that person do this to me? You know? And it's like, that is non-question. Non because it's all the same. It's as if the mind's looking for a specific reason so that reason can be avoided or else reproduced. <laughs> they can get the same results or avoid those results. See, that's the hardest thing for the ego. And as, you know, we're identified as an ego we're all identified as an ego as an ego to a certain degree to a certain degree and that fluctuates and that's always fluctuating you know 
depending on what we're making meaningful, depending on how willing we are to heal. And you know, it, it really is just a little bit willing, just a little bit willing, and healing happens. So even if there's not willingness to go, is it to really be honest and go, okay, I made that effect, I made that effect in the world because I wanted a reason for this feeling that's already within me. So that's using it, using it as a trigger. That's why it's called a trigger, you know. It's like you can use that as a trigger and that's what occurs. And the trigger is an opportunity. It's not that you're less spiritual if you get triggered. The trigger is an opportunity. Welcome the triggers. Just welcome the triggers. You know, a lot of us go around like we don't want to get any kind of confrontation, for instance. So there will be, be this anxious managing, anxious managing of the, uh, of the self, of the form, like this management of it, you know. Don't want to be in any conflict welcome the conflict it doesn't mean that necessarily that you're going to be acting on the conflict and engaging in conflict with anyone not necessarily but it could mean that if that's what you need for learning <laughs> see <laughs> and it's the experiencing of it without overlaying your own story on top of it that allows the healing to happen so it is, there is truly nothing to do but relax more than you are already relaxed. Because <laughs> holding up this illusion is tense. It's stressful. And no matter how relaxed you are at any given time, you can and you deserve always to relax more. I hear from friends from time to time, oh, they wish they could do more. I wish I could do more. I see all this stuff happening and I so wish that I could, you know, get out there and file things and go to the rallies and all that kind of stuff and you know the thing is you are such a blessing as you are there's only only for you to realize it only for you to realize that and through rela through relaxing through relaxing your idea of what you ought to be of what you should be doing that's how you're going to see it. That's how you'll see your worthiness. Because you already are a blessing. When you know of your blessing, you won't be wishing you're different than you are. You won't be wishing you're any different. You won't be doing things to try to make yourself better. See? Because that's not your responsibility. That's being hard on you. You don't need that. 
And even if it does give you a sense that it made yourself better, it's, it's a retreat. It's a, it's a meaningless thing. It's like, you could say it's kind of like uh, keeping yourself in the delusion. Because it's as if you are not already perfectly blessed, perfectly appreciated. Perfectly loved. There's nothing more that you need to be. You know, I'm not like uh, speaking in riddles or anything like that. You know, I say that your life is unfolding all by itself. There's actually nothing for you to do. There's nothing that you're capable of doing. You have to think of it like a movie screen and you're playing out there. You know, something like that, like a movie screen. It doesn't have to be exactly like that, but see it as, you know, not yourself in it like that. That's how you get more relaxation. Not, you are not in it. You are viewing it. You're viewing the whole unfolding. So now there's nothing to get upset about. <laughs> you know, I had one sweetie call me the other day and um, he was just so down on um, having to do this action, having to do this. I have to do this. I have so much other stuff I want to do, but I have to do this stuff. And it's like, well, if you have to do it, then hooray, welcome, what fun. No, not fun, and no, not fun at all. And I go, well, I'm sure that you're fun. And he's like, okay, uh, all right. Well, then anything you do is fun because you're there and you're fun, unless you say it's not fun. <laughs> you can decide <laughs> that the thing is not fun. <laughs> or you can be yourself. Yourself, you are fun. You have fun with everything because you're fun. Everything here is for play. It's an illusion. It never touches you. If you feel rebellious, if you feel any kind of rebellion against the powers that you made out to be, <laughs> That's just an indication that you made it meaningful. Okay, there's nothing to rebel against because it is you. 
It is you. And the big things are starting to come up now. People are calling me up and going, hey, what about this? Now they're talking about vaccine passports. People are like, ah. It's like, yay, this is, this is you representing, representing. This is how it is. It just shows you how, okay, this is what we made as an illusion. Now how are you going to be with it? That's basically how are you going to see it? doesn't have anything to do with doing anything. That could be anything. It doesn't matter. It could be nothing in that whole realm. doesn't matter. <laughs> but it's how it seems. One thing that's interesting is meeting a lot of different kinds of Different kinds of people, different kinds of energies. Um, you know, there's an activism kind of energy that's kind of like a, a fight, 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 you know? And I like to say freedom lovers. Like we're relaxed and we're smiling and we're serving paperwork. <laughs> and singing songs. <laughs> we don't really mind what happens. One, one, of the, one of my friends said, but the point is to get results. <laughs> to me, that's losing sight of the whole thing. If, I, if the point in my mind was to get results. I could see why someone would find it um, beneficial to get results, I could totally see that. And then at the same time, to me, it's only right now. It's only the it's only the lesson that's coming right now. It is all lessons. There's all these different energies, uh, experiences. It's all just lessons. Nothing needs to come of it. The learning comes from the experience, and the learning is learning how to see this through this whole illusion, not how to make it better. We've already been through this millions of times. We've already been through this same, these same experiences spinning around in the mind millions of times. So it's just a matter of now being willing to see through it. And you know, just that you come for this information, you're automatically unfolding toward that. The willingness comes from awareness. So you're watching. Only by watching can you relax in a tense moment, right? How would you be able to relax if you're paying attention to your thoughts in a tense moment? That only gets more and more tension going. And you know, the thing is, you don't need to be quiet for a long time. You don't need to be quiet for a long time. Say a thought has your attention. And you just have a willingness to see that it's a meaningless thought. For a moment, there's suspension. 
that's awesome. You don't have to get dismayed when the thought comes back in. That moment, that little fraction of a moment even, that's awesome. And you can keep on having another one of those. Unless you're getting into a thought that's judging yourself for not holding the silence. So you just get a little suspension. You let yourself feel some relief. And then, okay, they come back in. You, you see that you're caught up again. And you just let it, get, let it go again. Let, let yourself get the relief. It's like you're uh, not so much letting go, but almost like taking a step back and watching it from a distance play out. Noticing the associated feelings that come along with it. Because it really is only through experiencing that you awaken. And, you know, we don't get the whole experience. We tend to be largely asleep within our own experience. Because when we're thinking about anything... That's sleep. Okay? You're thinking about anything. That's sleep. I'm talking about an idle thought, you know, that you don't need for the moment. Say you're hammering something. You know, there's a thought about getting the hammer and doing the nails and whatever. Stuff like that. Practical stuff. But look, the mind goes into dreaming all day long. And for the most part, it's not even noticed that that's occurring. See, what happens is... You get a thought, it goes like an up in energy like that, it like rises in energy, it falls back down, and then another one rises with no break unless you're aware. You know, and, and, and they're just going like that. A lot of the times people aren't even noticed, but this is 24-7. They're just going. They're just flowing, flowing, flowing like a river. So there's all kinds of opportunities to see the space in it. And, you know, that's really meditation. There's meditation practice where you're sitting or something, um, whatever. There's a lot of different kinds. Chanting is another one, you know, where you're practicing. You actually have a, a, a set period of time where you practice that, um, where, where you're just, like, watching really closely. And then throughout your particulars of your life where you find yourself thinking just keep on checking in and noticing what is passing what thought is passing so that it's not automatically made made meaningful because i'll tell you the default is to make it meaningful that's the default so it's like you have to decide you have to see it and decide that there's no you know, there's no meaning to it. And how do you see it again? You allow relaxation. That's all it really is. It really is the relaxation. It's not a trying. It's kind of like a retreating. It's like, it's like moving uh, back, releasing your grip is one way of saying it. You know, I've heard of uh, people refer to it as gripping in the mind. And it is like that. It's like an anxious gripping. So, you know, even just noticing your gripping and not suffering over it. See, that's the, po that's the part. Oh, I'm gripping. That means I can relax. 
But if you get into thoughts about the gripping, then you're not allowing yourself to relax. And that's why the rebellious energy doesn't work for attaining anything that you want. See, it's like kind of like saying, I don't want that which is right now. It's done something to me. Hey, you can't act like you're my authority. I'm going to rebel against you. You know, in truth, you're not my authority. That requires no rebellious energy. The truth is that you're actually not my authority. There's no rebelliousness. There's no need. You know, it's like, I won't accept your authority. You know, that's what <laughs> I don't accept. You know, the truth is, thanks for playing that with me. That was awesome. And... Here's what the truth is. <laughs> Rebelliousness is a form of victimization because it's like someone's done something to you or someone's doing something to you that you have to show them that they can't do that to you. When no one's doing anything to you, and it's just this sense like, oh, I just get to demonstrate what's true. It's just demonstrating what's true. Hey, this is what's true, guys. <laughs> You're actually breaking a shitload of laws. Isn't that fun? <laughs> we can have fun with this. <laughs> Rebelliousness teaches the mind that there is a thing outside of you. So just like anything, just like anger, you know, it's just something to go, oh, interesting. There's rebelliousness. Just like there's anger. Whether it's re rebellion arising in you or another person. And get the feeling of it. That's where it's at. The feeling. What is, what is the feeling? Is the feeling when, you, when you're thinking about a particular thing, like say you're thinking about the um, mayor or something like that, or Bill Gates, I don't know. Say your thing, how does that feel? Because you deserve to feel really good no matter what it is that crosses your mind. And you can, it's just that you make stories about people and don't see them truly. As they are, they're just that same divine presence that you are and that you're seeking. <laughs> they're, just that, they're just that same glory that same light coming in a different form that you made they have a gift they have a gift for you 
When you allow them to be saved, you're saved too. When you condemn them, you're condemned. You know, the ego is really served by these ideas that someone should be punished. Someone should be done away with. It's all innocence. No matter how uh, demonic <laughs> one of the ones that comes up. Sad, ugly, no matter how it looks, it's like a painting. Okay? Or a movie. No matter how it looks, a drawing. And since it's all for the same purpose, why did I create this? It's always the same. It's always because it's exactly what you need to accept the truth. It's only making yourself out to be unworthy that makes the world into a burden. It does not matter how much stuff or what stuff you find yourself into. It does not matter what kind of relationships you have. It's all there for you in perfectly placed perfectly placed. That means every single thing, when you look at it that way, every single thing is perfectly placed. There's a dog or animal or cat bark somewhere in my house in a corner. Okay? I do not touch that shit. I don't really mind it that much. I don't know if I'm the only one who sees it. But the cleaning chick came last Friday and it was still there after she left. So <laughs> and it's still there now. So <laughs> so and I can see it while I'm having yoga, which I think is awesome. <laughs> It's like it looks like something is out of place. It looks like that shouldn't be there. You know, especially going on for these days. It's just still sitting there. And you know, like we have a really clean house, so it's just really interesting that it's just sitting there. Like besides that thing, it's like all clean. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, it just seems like that thing needs to get cleaned up. Like, there might be a problem. What's wrong with the cleaning person? Anyways, that she didn't see that last week. You know. Uh, so, those are the kind of repetitive thoughts. So, I just love that that thing is there. 
You know, it reminds me to watch what transpires about it because it's freaking funny. <laughs> Maybe I'm going to clean it up. No, I'm not. <laughs> I don't touch that shit. <laughs> Just watching them, just watching them float by. So everything, every single thing is perfectly placed. Every single thing, every single person. That's why I say missing people and things. That is the ego. That is the ego. You don't miss. You do not miss. The ego makes that up. There's no one who's away from you. You don't need bodies to feel that fulfillment that you think. That's just another one of those things where you're projecting an idea so you can trigger a feeling that's already present, but you wanted to keep hidden from yourself. You know, you meant to, so, if, so you could do it as long as you want, make the world responsible for how you feel. So as long as you want, that's how you uphold the world. You just keep on making the world responsible, things in the world responsible for how you feel. So I had some kind of trippy feeling, um, well, maybe like tiredness or I don't know. Oh, it was tummy ache. That's what it was. It was a tummy ache. This past week it was really fun. So, so I'm like, oh, my tummy. And I was like laying down. And so my husband starts to tell me the things that I ate, I think. Yeah, it was the things that I ate and told me that I need to get more probiotics in my diet and stuff like that. And, and I go, I am sure, 100% sure that I have a tummy ache right now because of an error in thought. And I could actually see right now, I, could, I don't need to see it, but I can actually see it right now. <laughs> how I went that way to a tummy ache. <laughs> I just went that way. It was not food. It's never food. But we make it food and we make it seem like food and we have all this evidence that it's food. It's never food. Food doesn't do anything to you. It's always thought. And you know, the thing is about getting the victory too you know, meaning you, you have the victory. There's no more illusion of illness because it's just an illusion. There's no cause, there ends up being no cause for the illness. So then the tummy ache is gone. There's not a bunch of shit to do for it because there's nothing, there's nothing to justify it. It needs justification. It needs something. But it's like, well, it's, uh, oh, then the relaxation comes. It's like, oh, thank goodness. I can totally like get off of that whole vibe that led to the tummy ache. <laughs> like just get off the vibe. The, that whole, that, the, the whole uh, conundrum or whatever it is that leads to that. If you look there, that's where you're going to find the true causes. You know, and, then, and, and ultimately there's one cause and it's a guilty thought. But you're going to see how you follow, what your habits are. Because they're unique. Your habits are unique. 
okay? You're, you're, there's, there's certain things that you hold special, that you hold more meaningful than other people do. And in that, it's totally unique because there's some things that are more special and some things not. And everyone has a different combination of that. The relaxation, it comes with seeing. And seeing comes with willingness. The, the only trouble, what prevents us from offering even a little bit of willingness, is fear of letting go of that thought train. But it's fun, it's kind of like a game. Like, you can find yourself thinking, like, uh, like earlier before I came to Wisdom Dialogues, I found myself thinking about what shoes I was going to wear. And, and, I, and then it was just like, oh, I don't need that thought. And it's like, really, these things seem like they're important. <laughs> but it's like, when I'm walking out the door, then there will be the shoes that I'm going to wear. Like, it's just going to occur. It is going to occur. It doesn't have to be all planned out. It's like, oh, it, ego's afraid of letting go of that thought. Because how will I know what shoes I'm going to wear? And just, a, just in that moment, it's like you get a different kind of training. It's like you get a reconditioning. You're reconditioning yourself. You don't have to um, follow every thought that comes up. And they all seem like they're important. That's why, they're, that's why they're there. That's why they're present, because they seem important to you. You can't know what they are if you're making them important. You can't know what they are if you're just believing in them without wanting to see. You have to want to see. Willingness to see. And that's all really, we all really want. Like we get, everything that we get in the world is for that. Everything we get in the world is for seeing truly. And that's what everyone seeks. Including anyone in the, in the world who's demonized in your mind. We have a shared goal. And you know, really, if you allow anyone to believe that they do have authority over you, that's an attack on yourself and them. If you allow anyone to believe it, It's feeding separation. That's why 
It takes a certain responsibility of the people to have freedom. That's why it takes a certain responsibility. Because if people are going around and, you know, someone's asserting authority over them and they accept that that's their authority, guess what? You're not going to see much freedom. (laughs) That's how tyranny takes over in the mind. We've been trained to observe authorities ever since we're a little kid. Our parents, our teachers, the principal, ooh, not the principal, don't go there, don't go to the principal's office. We've been trained to look at people as if they're, they have unequal status. I was at, the, at a restaurant with someone the other night where I went in maskless and it was kind of a scene. And, you know, per, the person was so embarrassed. And it was so interesting. The person that I went to, the, one of the people I went to the restaurant with was embarrassed, you know, kind of like, oh, oh, you know. And, you know, the restaurant manager, owner, whatever, came from the back and like apologized to us and everything. They were really sweet. And then at the end, he goes, hey, you guys, I'm really sorry about all of this. And the funny thing is, he was wearing a mask. (laughs) He was all good. (laughs) But look at the society in this day. All of a sudden, store owners are the authority. People will accept that. Okay, you're my authority. Okay. You go ahead, tell me what to do. We've always been taught to put the authority outside of ourselves. We have, we've, we've been given what it is that we need to demonstrate our authority. We've been given that even in the illusion. It's very, very clear, and it's written down. (laughs) Everything else that's written down after that, it doesn't even count. Except by consent. Who's consenting to tyranny? It can't be anyone but me. Such a good symbolism. That's what we do. We place the authority outside of ourselves. And make them responsible. Make it responsible for the way our life is going. (laughs) I've heard people saying they're broke because of what the government does. No, you're not. You're not. You're always broke because of faithlessness. Faithlessness. Okay? It's making it as if 
There's an authority out there controlling how things are going for you in your life. It's not. And you know, it's not like faithlessness is a bad thing. You recognize, oh wow, it seems like I'm fucking broke. And know that your learning comes from the experience. So who minds if you're broke? Use the brokenness to increase the faith. Use the brokenness, the perception of broke, <laughs> to get some relaxation in the midst. Because it's only a mind storm. And you're talking about in the midst of a thought gone wild. That's all. You can take a break there. Oh, hold on a minute. I just need to sit down for a minute. I don't need to get all wrapped up in that. I don't really need to get all wrapped up in the thought of being broke. Because <laughs> that's all it is. It's having a misperception. It's like the opposite of abundance. Which... The more opposite of abundance that you're putting out, that the more energy, the more mind energy it's taking, the more gripping it takes. And the thing is about, about money, there's always the perfect amount. It's not a need to manifest more money. It's knowing that it's always the perfect amount. It really is perfect. It's bringing forth the experience that you need to see through that illusion, using that illusion to see through the whole world. Once you got, get caught up in trying to manifest more money, then you're not using it for the purpose which you intended, which means you're not really doing what you wanted to do. Because <laughs> you wanted to use that for awakening. But it's like you go to sleep instead into, how can I manifest more money? And you might find yourself, you know, you might find yourself doing something apparently doing something that generates money. But you don't have to have a string attached to that. It's not like you have, a, you have some kind of a need for it to manifest a certain way. You still use that experience to get your, get your feelings felt. See? Get all your feels on. No matter what the manifestation is, no matter, and that's what action is. Action is manifestation. So no matter what the action is, you can be paying attention to the reactions within. See, it all comes down to, it all comes down to this vibration. There's a vibration with everything. So if you're super curious about that, 
then it's not going to matter to you what the manifestations are because those are only the effect. Those are only the effect of the, of the weather that's going on inside. All these changes, all these fluctuations, that's only the effect of it. So it's your reaction that gets to be more interesting as you're more willing to awaken. It's actually your reaction that you're appreciating and you're super curious about. Okay? Instead of a certain result. You know, it's kind of like if anyone's ever practiced yoga or done any kind of workout or anything like that, you know. There are two ways to engage that. You know, one where you're really tuned in to the body's energy field. Some people call it the body, okay? But the body, it doesn't feel or anything, you know. So I say body's energy field. The body is basically dead. What makes it animated is spirit, okay? So it's a body's energy field. As that's tuned into, that's what makes a workout work to awaken the mind. You're not trying to get a result for the body. Believe it or not, believe it or not, that's the true use of anything it's like you're it's you don't need your body doesn't need to get better it's perfect does not need to get any better there's nothing you can do to make it better you might think you made it better and really you might uh, you find yourself like uh, crippled or something like that because you were too hard on it <laughs> but it's not really because you were too hard on it it's really because you were too hard on yourself mentally and then it just automatically manifests like that. See? When you use anything for what it's meant to be for, it has benefits to you even in the illusion. Look, a workout that you're using for awakening your mind, you know, and what I mean by that is that you're paying attention to how the reactions are to whatever it is that you seem to be doing. You're watching it. The learning occurs on its own, but you're watching that rather than daydreaming off and how buff this is going to make me or um, what an apple ass I'm going to have after this. <laughs> after all this stuff. <laughs> It, it, it just, and anything, anything is like that. It's, the ego takes it as how is this going to benefit me, you know, materially. But really everything is benefiting you because of what it's for. It's very useful to you. And the thing about it is until you're willing to see that, it just repeats to infinity. <laughs> but it's not really infinity because I think the real meaning of infinity is it has no end, right? This has an end. <laughs> It'll seem like infinity. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
I like to say, this has an end, and your success is certain. And, you know, you can make it feel like forever. And just noticing that is great. Just noticing that is great. This is how I make it feel like forever. I blame him because it looked like he stepped on my toe, and that's why my toe hurts. I blame him for being clumsy. That's me making it last forever. <laughs> it reminds me of an old man. Like He sees something he doesn't want to see, and he's like, Oh, God damn it! <laughs> I hear that in my head, you know? Like, I see something... I thought I like that old man. <laughs> and then, you know, we just watch that and laugh because it does get humorous. You know, the things that the ego says and the things that the ego comes up with. Like, who would we be getting better for? That's the thing. There's no one, there's no one there. What would that be for? And the funny thing is that I've seen too, is that the getting better part, what you might perceive as better, seems to just happen spontaneously when you don't mind. You just don't mind. I recently found out that I had skin cancer. That was pretty fun. <laughs> I had these three spots and they were just kind of itchy and they weren't really doing anything and then um, went out and, you know put some different stuff on it a couple times and um, hmm okay interesting you know always putting it on the mind it's always the mind okay this is you could you could see that's giving you an opportunity to see what it is that's sickening you, okay? It gives you that opportunity just to see what it is that's sickening you. And you, you know, you can't see it until you're willing to. If you want to make the disease like it's separate and it's like a disease, you know, then there's no seeing. So I'm over there, I'm getting a facial, right? And one of the spots, one of the spots was like, right, I don't remember where it is because it's gone. And that was just last week. But I was over there, it says facial, and it uh, must have been over here. She touched it. Well, she, was, she does my chest deco, decolle or whatever that thing's called. Oh, thank you. Wow, that was really good. So she touched it a little bit. I'm like, ow, that thing kind of hurts, you know? And she goes, oh, that looks like skin cancer. <laughs> and I was like, oh, how awesome. <laughs> and then she goes, hey, I got something for that. Why don't you go over there and check it out um, after you get your facial? Okay. So uh, she puts this black stuff on me and then puts a little thing on there. She said, okay, so if it's cancer, it's just going to like spit a bunch of white shit out overnight. So next day, it's this huge infection-looking thing. It's like all red and huge. It's like all big. Looks crazy. Two days later, it's black. Then it falls off. And then... I can't even barely tell where it was. I could feel a little bit of rough skin. That's it. 
And then, here's the other part. <laughs> you don't need to put it on the other spots <laughs> because it's like once, <laughs> once there's awareness of what to do with that, it's just done. <laughs> you know, I, I told my friend Joe about it because he goes to Oahu every year to get some spots cut off of his body. And uh, I told my friend Joe about that. He's like, wow, miracles really are natural. And that is just a really good example of how miracles are just natural. It's like, oh, of course, there's just something to take that shit off. Okay. <laughs> You're not even looking for it. <laughs> You're not even looking for a thing. <laughs> oh, of course. Because it's not really there in the first place. And the only reason I need to see some kind of thing come up and be on there is faithlessness. And I know that. So there's always openness to see more. Because it being an illusion, it being an illusion, if there's enough faith, it's gone in an instant. You don't need a remedy. You don't need any remedy. And, and, and that's the thing about the remedies for anything that ails you, for anything, whoa, for anything that ails you, the remedy is always going to be something that came from the world. Whatever it is, there's all, but you know, because it's limited, limitless like that, it's going to always be something that came from the world that gives you the remedy unless you could just see it healed. Okay, unless you could just see it healed. There's always, there's always, it's always there. It's always there for you. You know, for some people, like for my husband before, it seemed like the thing was eating raw eggs all day was the thing. Oh, I eat raw, raw eggs all day and it just goes away. When you, don't, when you don't know what it is, when you don't know what the remedy is, that's because you're not ready yet for that particular symptom to be released because it's for learning so gratitude really goes a long way so when I saw those spots I was like oh thank you you know like thanks that's got something to show you because every time that thought crosses your mind about that sickness illness disease cancer for instance whenever it crosses your mind it's another opportunity uh, you know, we've been trained to go, oh no, I'm going to die. <laughs> or cut that fucker off. You know, and I was open to that too. I'm like, hey, maybe it'll just be a cutting the thing off. We'll see. Don't know. And the thing is, there's no decision to be made about anything because the decision is automatically made. So we don't even have to go over it a bunch in our mind. You know, the thought, the thought crosses the mind, and that's where the opportunity is. It's like, oh, good thing I don't need to know. Just like, you know, the, the one favorite quote of Access Consciousness. I don't know if you guys heard of that program. You know what you need to know when you know it. <laughs> like my favorite. <laughs> you know, and it's true. You don't have to try to figure it out. It's basically, okay, that's an error in thought. Any kind of sickness is an error in thought. And that could be a sickness that you perceive on another person as well. It's always, whenever you perceive 
another person sick, it's always the same thing too. Okay? And this, and this knowledge, it's not like everyone wants to know this. You know, not, in, in fact, it's very few people that actually want to know that. Because it makes the world very, uh, it makes the world very, very meaningless. You just made that up. And it could be frustrating, too. But only because you would be wanting the symptom to go away. See, for me, I want to keep the symptom as long as I need the symptom. I want it. Because it's here. <laughs> I want it right now. It's here. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is whatever symptom it is yes that too yes I want it it gives so many opportunities and you know what everyone wants it that's why it's here not here and here today but we don't got that going on you know when my daughter was all spun out on cocaine and she was hating on me and talking all kinds of shit on me in town and stuff. Some of my friends will say, were saying, oh gosh, I hope she... I go, no, she's perfect. <laughs> she's perfect as she is. I would tell her that too. She'd come around and, uh, mom, you know, I've been talking some shit on you. I can't help it. I just see you like this. I'm sorry. And I, I'm like, no, it's perfect. You're perfect. I don't want... I, you know, I can't say I want my daughter to get off the cocaine when she's on the cocaine. That's wrong. It, 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 you could feel it. If she's on it. She needs it. She needs to have that kind of experience. I hear people say, oh, the only way to get off of it, though, is self-help 12-step pro program or I don't know, rehab or something like that. That's not what I see when someone receives the acceptance of it. They just work through it. It's like they burn through it. Burn it out. And then all on their own accord go, damn, this sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. How long does it take? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Up until the day where my daughter decided that it wasn't her thing, it was perfect. And then it wasn't perfect anymore because it was something else. So it was no, it was, now it was no cocaine. That's perfect. <laughs> cocaine perfect? No cocaine perfect. It's all good. <laughs> I talked to her the other day, and it's funny because the memories I have of her from when she was here, um, and we were living in the, we were living together. There was always fast food. There was always like bags of fast food, right? And I was talking to her on the phone, and she told her her boyfriend, she said, "Get me something small and healthy." And I go, "Small and healthy? Are you feeling small? Are you feeling like eating healthy or something like that?" And she's like. Mom, that's the way I actually eat when I'm not on cocaine. <laughs> that, 
where are you saw me eating all that fast food? <laughs> I was just like, she's like, no, this is the way I actually eat. And I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> Life always takes us on these little journeys where it, it feels like something's terribly wrong with a person or a situation, and look, your body, anything. You're in relationship with all of these things. Everything. Anything you put your attention on, you're in relationship with that. So your partner in the relationship always needs gentleness. Okay? Always. It's like you just treat that thing gently. I don't mean in the world. You might have a carpet and you're beating it against something to get it clean. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the way you relate in your thoughts. Because that is you. You're in relationship with a person, place, or thing, or situation. Um, but that is you. Your mind's taking however you perceive that thing, situation, circumstance, as being about you. It's a reflection onto you. So you make that decision. You know, people, you know, you've probably seen that show Kung Fu before, you know, or that guy, um, he's like all calm and he's beating people's asses at the same time. So, you know, kind of think, think about it like that. It doesn't matter how much activity is going on can you be at peace with it? You could feel it within yourself. You could sense how that thing isn't being a burden on you. It's not a burden. Even if it's a responsibility, you're also in relationship with any of your responsibilities that you perceive that you have. Because you don't really have any responsibilities. You're just in relationship with this idea that you're responsible for something. Maybe it's a kid... Maybe it's your, your life. Maybe it's for, I don't know, taking out the trash, let's say. You're not really responsible for it. You don't have to take that weight. You don't have to take that burden. You can't help, really, if you take out the trash or not. You can't really help if you take out the trash or not. The funny thing is, when you know that, you'll see that you, it, these things are just happening. Uh, they're unfolding. You don't have to try to make them happen, happen for you. For instance, you don't have to think about taking out the trash while you're in the shower. See how they seem like they're important? Oh gosh, I better not forget to take out the trash. And then, if you're not catching it, it just goes on to a different thought. It'll just go right on. It'll associate. You've probably heard of mind association. It'll associate something else taking out the trash. Once a thought already crossed your mind about taking out the trash, that's enough. It's like more like, oh, thank goodness I don't need that thought. Then, okay, I'm going to try to remember to take out the trash. 
They're like, oh, thank goodness, I don't need that. Devotion is basically willingness to practice within whatever it is. You're willing to see. You're willing to relax. One way of Course in Miracles puts it I like is you, you'll give a nod to God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you give a nod to God. <laughs> it's just because it is that simple and easy. Now, the only thing that, doesn't, that makes it not easy is thinking that that thought is so important. Oh, but I really need to think about that. And look at these idle thoughts that we have. We're, we're projecting. I've been hanging out with a lot of raw foodists over the years, and that's been super fun. And, you know, I was raw foodist myself, like totally anal. Like, I would, I just go complete anal on things. You know, instead of like half assing it, I can say I went 100% freaking anal on that. And I'll do it for a short period of time. Like, mine was eight months where I was completely like, nothing but raw food passes these lips, you know? <laughs> and I noticed the projections that were coming, like when I would go out to eat or something, and I'd see, like, oh, they don't have any raw food, they just want to, like, desecrate the body all the time, and then I'd see, like, a woman go and get a big burrito or something like that, and I'd be like, oh, doesn't she know, you know, (laughs) it's like, the mentality is, I've got, I've got it right, I've got it right, and that, you know, that's what you're hoping, (laughs) you got it right, and so everyone else must have it fucking wrong. And that's why I'm going to see all of them get sick. <laughs> because they got it wrong. <laughs> that's why I'm going to see them get tired and fat and sick. Because that's the opposite of what I want to be and I'm doing it right. See them, to see them as they are takes willingness to see that there's no cause for how you perceive them. There's no cause for the disease that you perceive them having. That's not, you know, the, the illusion is, it, it's, it's, like a, it's like an evil game, let's say. They try to get you to think that you know how to do stuff. <laughs> Okay, let's see. This person came down with this disease. What did they eat their whole life? You know, scientists have been trying to do that shit for a long time. They got reports about how bad certain things are. You know, I found out like the oldest person in the world that was recent, sometime recent. They asked her what what she attributes to her long life. And she said, marijuana, tobacco, and moonshine. Okay? She's like the oldest person. (laughs) So, 
so that just totally defies everything, you know. Just the idea that a thing can do something. They, and it's the same thing with the vaccine. And you know, it's the same thing with the mask. Just don't believe that. Don't believe that. Don't believe it really has those effects. It's the fear that does. It's the fear that has the effects. Now look at this too, okay? When someone's wearing a mask and they don't want to be wearing a mask, they're thinking, I don't want to be wearing a mask, but they can't be authentic about it. Some people are having issues where they feel like they really need to take that thing off. They can't be authentic about it. Why? Authority. There it is again. And it's just symbolic. I mean, this goes all the way across the thing. It's just really in our face right now. It's like really right there. Okay? It really goes across. It's everything. It's like we, we think that we need to hold ourselves to certain standards across all areas of our lives. We think we need to behave in a way that people want to see us behave. I see people so stiff. Oh, I wonder if they're going to think that's okay if I say that. Uh, what if I... What if I say that the mask is... Uh, bothering me, I don't like it, in front of people who have a differing opinion. That happens a lot in relationships. You know, you get to thinking that a person expects something of you, and so then you're obligated to do something, and without checking in with yourself, you're not realizing hey, you know what, I'm not, I'm not really resonating with that. See? When you know you want it, as in you want to use it to awaken, you can also speak what's true for you. Hey, I'm not really into it like that. And, you know, I heard one, one friend who uh, um, makes dinner every night. And feeling resentful about making dinner every night. So the feeling resentful is only showing an opportunity to be authentic with it. Hey, you know that dinner making every night? I'm just not really into that. Can we talk about it? Can we do something else? You know, it just doesn't, it doesn't come up because it's not allowed because we'd rather be resentful. As an ego and identified as an ego, it's habitual. Habits have been built up for centuries of feeling resentful. We want to feel resentful. We want to feel rebellious. You know what I used to do to rebel against my husband when he would be a dick to me? I just go online shopping. I just buy stuff. <laughs> that fucker, he's going to pay. You know, and then one day I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> what is this energy? And you know, the funny thing is, the funny thing is, it's such, it, it's, it's like it escapes, it's almost like it escapes your consciousness. It's like, you kind of see it, you kind of see that, but you don't really want to see it. So it's kind of covered up. And then when you come really honest with it, it's like, who am I doing this to? 
I'll show him. I'll get a bunch of new clothes. I asked him the other night, because I was playing my harp, and he was telling me how beautiful it is. He's like, I just love it when you play your harp. And I go, remember when I got this harp? It was 2018, right after the lava. And I said, honey, I just ordered a new harp. <laughs> and you said, you really think this is the right time to get a harp? <laughs> we just lost everything in the lava. I go, I think it's the perfect time to get a harp. <laughs> so we were laughing about that, and I go, honey, do I just drive you crazy or what? And he goes, not anymore. I just love everything you do. Not anymore. And that's the thing, you know, it's, it's like, Year, year after year, we're playing this game. You know, if, for those of you, if anyone doesn't know, I've been with the same man 28 years. So year after year, we're playing this game. And then eventually, it comes to the point where, oh, that game is finally over. And there was one point in time where, you know, he told me, you really have to... Stop spending so much. I really need you to stop spending so much. I go, honey, you realize I don't have a choice in it, right? And he did. He got it. He, he goes, yes. Yes, that's freedom. That's complete freedom. You know, I was already feeling pretty darn free about it. <laughs> But to have him also being so free like that, it's like, ah, thank you. You know, and it was a big one in my mind. I held on to it for so long like that. And even going through periods where I'm like, I am not, he'd say something to me about money and I'd go, I am not putting up with this. I am not putting up with this. Money isn't even real. Not putting up with this. That would be like, you know, to him, like, holy shit, this is crazy. She's gone nuts. You know? But eventually, after years and years, yes, you don't even have a choice. And when I have a perception of you spending money, that's me. Holy shit. I'm free. out in my mind back in Anaheim before I moved here. Uh, this guy came over to do some kind of work in my house and it was just me and him in the house and um, he said something about how all the women he dates they don't want to do anything. Like they don't want to produce. They don't want to do all the work that he's doing. You know he keeps on meeting these women that he feels like they just want to suck off of him. And I was thinking, that's how my husband sees the whole thing. Like, it's all in his back. Like, it's all there in his back, you know. And it's like, over the years, he would start to see more and more that he just 
can't help doing that shit that he, he's like, takes care of all this stuff and he can't help it. It's not like it, it, it's not like me doing more stuff would make him do less stuff. He can't help it. That's just how it's, it's, it's erupting like that. It's just doing that. <laughs> And, and then I saw him over the years get more and more at peace with it, you know. At, at one point, it was a thing where um, I didn't uh, carry my weight as far as cleaning. Now he just does all the cleaning. I mean, even when I, I, I'd like shame myself and go, okay, I got to get in there and do the, I got to like, gosh, he's got so much power and so much energy and, and I, okay, I just have to try to do this. So I'd go and I'd like do the cleaning stuff. And it felt so unnatural. It felt completely unnatural. Not only that, it usually wasn't right. Like as far as he was concerned. (laughs) So eventually he just did all the cleaning. At first it was like, come on guys, like getting, getting us to clean. Hey, will you guys please clean, you know? Because he likes it really, really clean. So you guys, please clean. And then he, and, and then he was like, kind of like getting stressed, you know, with all that stuff. And then eventually he let that pass. And then he's just so happy doing all the cleaning. We contribute our contribution is our energy, not what we do. It's our energy. See, with my family, they never have to come up to me and get a, and, and get a sense like I don't approve of something they're doing. They never have to come and get a sense like that. They tell me something, it's okay with me. You know, one of my friends was telling me that, you know, she was real upset because one of her dear friends and who she was telling her things to, the friend turned around and, and tried to tell her how bad and wrong she is. And of course, that's a, you know, that's the friend That's the friend's idea of her own self. And my friend, the one she was telling it to, she took it as if it was about herself. And that's how it reflects you, if you take it as if it's about yourself. When someone tells you something, if you get a trigger, you took it to be about yourself. Hooray! Hooray, I took that to be about myself. It wasn't about myself. Person was talking about their own perception of themselves. But it hit a nerve with me. That's how you know. Whenever someone says something mean, it can be taken as the person needs help. 
And help is coming through you. And you're actually helping yourself. It's like you go together. It's like hand in hand, you know? It's like a couple going together all the time. It's like whoever it is that you're focused on. It's like you're going or whatever, anything. You're going together. It's like, ah, I love you, you know? If someone says something that me, it's like, oh, thank you. Thanks for saying it to me. That doesn't mean you're not going to say no thank you. You might find yourself not hanging out with that person and you don't have a choice in it. Mind energy attracts. So it's interesting to watch what kind of energies are coming in and out of your field because it's your mind changing. One of my friends was bummed this week because a lot of her connections ended. A lot of her connections that she took to be meaningful ended. Like all around the same time. And kind of uh, in an explosive way. And that's something you can expect. It's like your mind is opening. Your mind is going to different levels in consciousness. One way I like to say it. It's like there's all these different timelines. Like that. It's like there's some are lighter. So when I, you know, to signify lighter, I say higher like up like this. And some are more dense. So when you're vibrating to lighter energies, you cannot help but have a change. Either the people you're hanging out with also change or the per Persons get changed. Just don't be attached to anybody. See? You know, I have friends that tell me I can't help it. I, I love getting attached to bodies. I love it. I want them to feel like, you know, that like they're special. I, I love feeling like I don't want to lose someone. And the thing is, that is a setup. That's an ego game. That's a setup. So, you know... If you're, in, if you're at the point where I just love getting attached to people, great, play it out. Because you got to see first for yourself that you don't want it <laughs> before you can like to accept that teaching. You don't want any of these bodies. They're not real. The relationship that you have with the spirit is eternal. And the, and, the, and the seemingly special qualities of a person, those unique qualities, the inner qualities, those don't change and that's also eternal. Each one is unique. Each one is a unique creation. And what you see that you love within them, what, that you connect with them, that's eternal. The body is dead. 
And they're only, and bodies are only appearing, they're only occurring to you. You know, I, it's not really dead. It's not because it's not capable of being alive. It's not, you know, it's not anything. It's a projection. So these bodies are only occurring to you as necessary. So if you miss, if you miss someone, you are in that instant missing the opportunity to see through this attachment, this body attachment, which isn't a good or bad thing. It just extends time. So when your goal is to shorten time and see through the illusion and undo this need for consciousness, which that scares the shit out of us. It's a scary thought to undo the need for consciousness because we can't conceive of what is beyond this. And you know, in that, that's where faith comes in. That what's beyond this is much greater than what we can imagine with a mind that thinks it's separate and finds itself unworthy. We can't conceive of it because we don't see ourselves as worthy yet. But we will. It's only a matter of time. And you know you're getting closer by the more you are allowed to relax. Just rest. I often tell people, I'm not doing anything. Because people go, I cannot believe how much stuff you do. I cannot believe how much you have done for this movement. You have a business. I'm like, I am not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. People ask me, how do you stay in a high vibe with all this heavy, heavy stuff? And I say, it's meaningless. It just doesn't mean anything. And sometimes people get defensive around me, thinking that they need to explain themselves because they haven't been doing very much and seeing as I've been doing so much. I'm like, I'm just stroking myself, right, Irvah? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is happening here. Nothing is happening. And it's so funny because... I spent all these years, apparent, apparently, just like floating around, having some yoga, hanging out in my garden, you know, hanging out with friends, doing wisdom dialogues, you know, all these years, I don't know how many years, um, and then all of a sudden, boom, it just sprung into action. <laughs> and funny thing, my husband couldn't be more grateful. <laughs> but the gratitude was there before the spring into the, into the action. The gratitude was there before that. See, so then there's nothing holding it back. It's just inspiration and moving. Oh, that's fun. Oh, that's fun over there. Oh, that sounds interesting. Oh, yeah, let's make a flyer. That sounds good. Oh, yeah, let's put torture in there. That sounds cool. 
<laughs> I was I was over doing business education, and one of my friends goes, "Oh, I was, he owns a business, Sushi High. I love that place. Um, you don't have to wear a mask in there. You can say medical exemption, and they're all good." Um, I was interviewing him, and I had a camera on him, and um, he, I, I said, he was talking about how fucked up it is that he has to wear a mask all day while he's, like, sweating and, you know, serving customers and stuff like that, and, and I go, I go, it's like, it, it, it's like low-grade torture or something like that, it's like low-grade torture, huh, and he goes, no, it's not low-grade, <laughs> it's just torture, I'm like, oh, write that down. <laughs> that's fun uh, but apparently you know this guy just opened up his sushi bar during COVID and you know the sushi dream I think is just such a more passionate thing for him that he's like I'll fucking put up with this torture because I want to do the sushi thing <laughs> But, you know, whatever we're playing with. And I've had people ask me, people who have come to Wisdom Dialogues and go, hey, how does this action that you're taking right now resonate with all of your teachings? You know, that basically you say you're not doing anything. You're not capable of doing anything. And I'm like, well, it's the same. Still not capable of doing anything. There seems to be a different pattern of action now. Who am I to judge about it? Number one, number one rule in my mind, whenever it seems like there's a question about what I'm doing, do not analyze yourself. <laughs> do not go there. That's it. That's, that's, there's, no, there's, no place, uh, there's no place in analyzing yourself. There's no place for that. If, you, if your goal is to awaken... Don't analyze yourself. Your self that you perceive yourself to be is an illusion. And it's playing out. So just like I could extend acceptance for anyone for what they're doing, the same acceptance is extended for myself. So I'm not judging my actions as if they're good or bad. Instead, in the relationship, there's there's a willingness to be aware of how it feels in the moment. What is the reaction in the moment? It's like getting that, the full, uh, Abraham Hicks said it, something like uh, sucking all the juice out of the moment or something like that. It sounded good to me. Sucking all the juice out of it. <laughs> just, you know, just loving up the moment, not worrying about the outcome, not worrying about the action, and even whether the action has to continue. You know, I had the idea across my mind, uh, and I even, um, I even said it to my husband. What if we just forget about all this computer shit? And we just go live in the jungle. Uh, what, if, what, if that, what if that happened? And he's like, well, that's all, that's all cool. That's all cool. And I was like, okay, so we don't know. That could occur. Or not. Who knows? And, you know, it's like, and, and it's like the thought that, oh, I can't quit doing what I'm doing. Like I'm obligated that would have the illusion play out as if I am obligated. 
So you know, I tell my friends too. I'm like, don't be depending on me because you know, I can go live in the jungle anytime. If you're like um, waiting for me to like save you guys from all this COVID shit, like I could just like go live in the, live in the jungle and say later on that stuff. <laughs> You know, you know, some people are some people are actively putting their energies toward the whole thing by chanting. I'm one of those too. <laughs> one of my friends put this chant out out there. His Kundalini chant started uh, the spring equinox, and I was like, "Shit, I'm in. That's freaking awesome!" So it's like chanting is same, same. It's all the same as any other action. It's just not. There's no difference between any actions. Remember, when it's on the screen of consciousness, it really doesn't matter. It's like whatever it is that resonates for you. And it's how you're taking it that matters. That's the only thing that matters. It's how you're taking it. And that's why that's such an important one. Do not analyze yourself. Make no attempt at all. As soon as the mind goes toward that, let it be forgiven. Just let it be dropped. Let it be something that's meaningless to you. Like, I don't have to ask myself, okay, is, is yoga really good for me? What are my reasons? Let me write them down, all the benefits, so I make sure I know. Oh, that shit feels good in the moment. That's it. It feels good in the moment. You know why it feels good in the moment? Because I don't use it to try to get somewhere. If it's being used to try to get somewhere, anything, it's going to seem like a chore. Even a chore. But when it's being used for awakening, it feels good. Even if it's something you don't like. Even if it seems like it's something you don't like. If you're using it for awakening your mind, even the not liking becomes exciting. Because you know, when you get the sense that you don't like something, it's kind of like a challenge to your authenticity. See? It's just like a challenge to your authenticity. It's like, am I going to be in not liking this and make it a burden? Or am I going to be in, hey, I made this. Where's this leading then? Oh, I don't like it. Oh, what fun. This will be interesting. Kind of like when you're a kid, you know? Uh, I, don't, I don't know, I was a kid who definitely didn't like beans, peas, or potatoes, and that's still the case. And your, and your parents would tell you that you have to eat it. I would go hide that shit under the couch or something. Not like, no. <laughs> or you, you get to be an adult and you're still eating it because you thought it was good for you. There's, there's no effect that food has, but there's an effect that your mind has. 
When you think that you have to sacrifice at all, there's absolutely no sacrifice in love. That's an attack when you sacrifice. That's an attack. You know, it's like, I want my friends and my partner and my kids to all feel free. No obligation. You know, my son, 13, just had his birthday. I said, what do you want to do for your birthday this year? Nothing. Oh, yeah, you want a cake? Sure, I'll take a cake. So he gets the cake a week early. <laughs> his birthday rolls around. It's like the day before his birthday. Hey, do you want to get another cake? He's like, no, I still have cake left over from the cake I got a week ago. <laughs> oh, you don't want a new one? Put some candles on it, sing happy birthday, all that stuff. He's like, I, I go, well, you know, you're not under any obligation to do any of that stuff. That's for sure. You know. We might get a cake because we want to celebrate you. You know, we all like to celebrate you. And your cake is old. <laughs> <laughs> it's ice cream cake, right? So it's in the freezer. But it's still, <laughs> it's like got one piece. He just wanted one piece. Took one piece out of it, and the rest of it's in the freezer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Blaze will just eat the whole cake. <laughs> What's that? You want some ice cream cake? Sure, you can have some. <laughs> so he, he goes... So my husband goes, do you want a friend over or anything? And he's like, no. I just don't want, I don't want it to do anything about the birthday. So it's like, okay. No worries. He doesn't have to have, no one has to have uh, these obligations, these familial obligations. It's your birthday. Now here's the dance you got to do. Grandma got you this... Uh, Bunny onesie. We have to put it on and take a picture. <laughs> you guys probably know the show I got that from. <laughs> you don't? No. A Christmas story. Yeah, that's the one. A Christmas story. Watch it. It's good. <laughs> so just like, when you're not putting obligations on other people, then you don't have to feel the obligations too. Like, you know, like my whole life, like with my friends, I hold my friends like this. I love them. And they can come and go as they please. They don't owe me anything for my friendship. They don't have to, they don't have a certain code of conduct now. Since they're my friend. See? So, uh, so sometimes, you know, friends need to be, need to be trained because they're like new friends. You know, they don't know. They think I play those kind of games. You know, they might call me up and go, hey, I'm really pissed that you didn't do that kind of thing. And, I go, and, and you know, I might say something like, oh, sorry about that. I'm just not that kind of friend. <laughs> That's not the kind of friend I am. That's not the kind of friendships I have. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't expect you to do that. And... <laughs> And, and, you know, sometimes people go, oh, 
okay, that, that's really cool, actually. <laughs> that means I'm not obligated either. That's great. I love it. I'm really pissed at you that you haven't called me in a week. Oh, really? Well, I'm just not that kind of friend. <laughs> I'm pissed that I did, you didn't return my text. I'm also not that kind of friend. Like, you, like when I receive a text, I don't feel obligated that I have to respond. A lot of times I just read them and smile and I forgot they even came. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's what my friend. That's what my friends know too. They're not going to disappoint me. Like, uh, oh, oh, we have, uh, we have it all set up where I'm going to be meeting you at Kona at two o'clock on Friday. I show up and you're on another island. I do not give a shit. I'm glad I'm over here in Kona or whatever it happens to be. Even, and even, and especially. If it seems to be an inconvenience, if you have inter- inconvenienced me, thank you. Okay? Because I can't really be inconvenienced. That's, a, that's, a, that's an illusion. If I get a feeling like I'm inconvenienced, thank you. And that doesn't mean I'm going to retaliate against you. <laughs> and try to inconvenience you. <laughs> that does not mean I'm going to be holding it and try to retaliate against you because I know it's a gift that you gave me, this sense that I could be inconvenienced or I can somehow be at the wrong place. Now that they had me meet them out in the middle of the jungle and they're not here, now I'm in the middle of the jungle all by myself. Like... Thank you. I can't possibly find myself in the wrong place. So yeah, you know, people like that. People like to be friends with you when you're like that. And then, you know, so, and then there's also people who um, want to have the, the mutual obligations. That's the kind of friendship that they want. And there's nothing wrong with it. Like we can all do it different ways. <laughs> That's what people want. They want to do that attached thing where we're obligated to each other and we're going to get pissed at each other if we don't follow through on our obligations. Accountability with each other. Stuff like that. Now people get pretty upset over stuff like that. I love my employees. I just came to mind. I just really want to say I appreciate my employees. Some of them might be listening to this. Um, you know, all through owning businesses, and that's been probably, I don't know, like 25 years or something like that, owning businesses. All through owning businesses, I've learned so much from interacting with my employees, you know. It was always like, uh, it's like, what are they thinking? Like you see something that they did as a boss and, or the business owner or whatever, you see something that they did and it's like, how could they fucking do that? And you know, in the beginning I would get so angry. I would feel so much anger and I just kept on working with that anger. It always seemed like I had shitty employees that were like taking advantage of the situation 
being a pain in the ass. And then over the years, they just got better and better and better. It's like, because I changed, because every time I got triggered, every time I would get triggered, I started to see I'm making them that way. You know, I've gone off, I've gone off to my husband about an app for an hour about an employee, about how screwed up she is. It's gone off for an hour. And then at the end of the hour, go, you know what? That wasn't even about her. That was all about me. And it's like in your mind, like when you admit that, when you voice it, it's like, <laughs> it like breaks things up. It breaks things up. And, it's, and, and in the illusion, it just brings in a different energy. It can't help it. And I'm not trying to change the situation. That's where it's kind of like, you know, it's almost like a little dance, a little balance there. Because it's like, you don't want to try to change the situation. That's not going to work. It's watching your own mind and your own reactions to the situation. And then the illusion really can't help it because it is a reflection and it is symbolic of what's going on in the mind. So, just want to say I'm really grateful for everyone who's ever worked for me before and my sweet employees who are working with me now. Um, yay, I'm making them breakfast tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Gratitude goes a really long way with everything. Like I talked about the cancer, also give that gratitude. You know, um, any, anything like where you're giving, I, I see the transformation so fast when you're giving a person gratitude for, um, for what they're giving you, you know. And I don't like, I don't like going to a space where like, okay, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to focus gratitude on this person. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. That could be very effective and I think it's awesome. They randomly cross my mind. So it's kind of like they're running around and I'm just giving them gratitude. Like I'm not going looking for the thought, but it's just coming. And, and so it comes and it's like, oh, thank you. Oh, there's some, uh, oh, there's some worry about money. Oh, thank you. You know, and then, and then it passes without getting energy or maybe not getting as much energy as it normally would get. The thoughts are kind of like beings in the mind, you know, because... They search for energy and they get energy from you. They get energy, life force energy from you. That's how they, uh, that's how they, um, they maintain themselves and that's how they grow in value. So you have two thought systems. You have the thought system of the Holy Spirit and you have the thought system of the ego. Okay, They're both in the mind. They're both equally in the mind. So depending on which one you give value to, that's the one that's going to be more meaningful and more prevalent to you. And the more that you have the thoughts of love, you can say it's love, it's pure, it's truth, okay? The, the more easeful and relaxing everything seems to go. And the more those thoughts just seem available for, to you and you know right away, oh, that's just me because watch how much you're going to forget that it's you. Like whenever you get triggered, there's a forgetfulness that sets in. So it's like, it, and, and it doesn't matter how long you've forgotten. You could have forgotten for five days and you're going on the same thing for like five days long. About how fucked up this thing is or five years or whatever. 
And as soon as you're aware of it, you can have the relief. The relief is instantaneous, and it doesn't matter how long you've been practicing it. What only matters is your willingness. How long and you've been practicing it basically is a symbol because there's no time of repetition. It's repetition. It's just repeating that, so it's deeply ingrained. But all, all that makes it difficult to have it healed in, is, in an instant is your unwillingness to let it pass. So the thoughts, when the thoughts are coming, just let them pass. Even the ones that seem like they're from the Holy Spirit, you know, they're, they're making you glad. You're happy. They're, they're soothing. Uh, you know, you don't have to hold to those either. Those are natural, actually. Those are natural for you when you're not holding something else. When you're not holding on to and chasing the ego's thoughts, the Holy Spirit's thoughts are natural to you. And when you try to grip onto those, it just turns into ego activity again, too. So just knowing that it's natural for you and it's just flowing. And all your healings, all your healings are miracles. Okay? It's not, it's not because something in the world saved you. It's because your mind accepted that healing. So all healings are miracles. And, as, and the more you see, that, see them that way, the more you'll see the miracles. And the more you'll open up to the miracles that you can do. One thing I consider a really big miracle, which I just love so much, is people often call me very upset. And by the end of the conversation, they're laughing. You know, that for me is just, yes, that is a miracle. So acknowledging what the miracles are. It's any kind of healing. It's emotional healing, physical healing, anything. You know, it's just like, it, 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 it's like the glory of who you are makes things manifest in truth, in alignment with truth. But you don't have to pursue those things. And when you don't pursue them, they cannot help but manifest in alignment with truth. It's only your pursuit of them that makes things look sick, bad, whatever. And boy, have we set ourselves up at this point. What a blessing and an opportunity. So hooray, everyone. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.